This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Widmer here, along with the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And we are back for another edition of the Primetime Podcast right here on Most Valuable Podcast. If you're on YouTube, hello. It is great to see your wonderful faces yet again. If you're on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or Stitcher, or now, Brandon, if you're even on Spreaker, thank you guys for listening to us today. Apparently, I mean, I got the email from Blog Talk Radio. Apparently, if everything is in order either now or in the near future, if you have an Alexa at home, you could say, hey, Alexa, play the Primetime Podcast, and we'll come up. That's pretty cool. I think that is pretty awesome. That is all through the Spreaker.com, that Blog Talk Radio, just another thing that you can hear us on. But before we get into our show, a little bit of housekeeping, like I always have. They're the same two things, but we always got to keep saying them. Number one is Patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. You want to help out the channel more so than watching, liking, subscribing, sharing our videos, check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Big thanks to Christian, the new patron that we have, along with Patrick and Jake at the $10 tier. That's why you get to hear them on a podcast each and every month. And then also go on to iTunes and give us that five-star succulent, that juicy rating that we ask for every single week. Five stars. That is what we crave on iTunes. Go ahead and do that for us. But Brandon, we got a jam-packed show and really a topic that we wanted to talk about. We're going to start the show off. We wanted to talk about, we are going to talk about, but we didn't want to talk about the same thing because we talked about this like a week or two ago. I want to say it was two to three weeks ago, and that was Butch Jones, what candidates could take over. We're going to talk about his firing, his departure from Tennessee. And then we're going to take a look at the college football playoff. We're going to look at possibly some two-loss teams that could get in, as well as look at Miami. How serious are they as a playoff threat after their win against Notre Dame this past week? And then we'll end the show making our picks for Week 12 in college football. But let's start off with the Tennessee Volunteers. Butch Jones is out the door with a 34-27 and record at Tennessee, 14-24 and in conference. That, I think, is what seals the fate what are you thinking the day after Butch Jones cut from the Volunteers? Well, you know, I'm thinking it's about time. I'm thinking it's about time. It, it needed to happen. You're at this point in the season where you're four and six, and you are zero and six in the conference. Zero and six in the conference, and this is a Tennessee team that shouldn't be zero and six in the conference. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think there's there's anybody that wants to be 0-6, but I think that there are certainly some teams who realize that they may not be as good as other teams in the conference and, you know, may struggle. But Tennessee, they don't strike me as one of those teams, you know, especially when you look at their history. That's not Tennessee football. So when you take a look and you see that Butch Jones is gone, I think... I think there's got to be a sense of relief, but at the same time, it's also, all right, now we have to finish out this season, mm-hmm. and we're not going anywhere this season. Mm-hmm. This season is 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 a lost year. I mean, even if you win these, these next two games, you've got LSU and you've got Vanderbilt, also a winless team in the conference, and four and six, you may not win either of those games. And you may go four and eight. 
and a four and eight team is not making a bowl game. It's well, been a it's been just a really bad Tennessee team this season, and I think you could also say that it's also been a struggle of for Tennessee last year. They haven't been that strong mm-hmm. in some time. Well, it's not a fact of here's the thing that I think ultimately put a sour taste in the mouth of Tennessee fans is because when you look at I you go to Butch Jones's record by year and you say the last two years, nine and four seasons, winning records, five and three in the SEC. I mean, it's a winning record there and you had 500. But here's the big thing. Ever since he came in to Tennessee, I'll give you a pass for those first two years because you were kind of turning around Tennessee at that point, five and seven, then six and seven. But by 2015, you should have had your act together to where you were competing for your side. And they were for their side of the SEC. But when it comes to their side, it was Mizzou in 2013 and 2014 that both lost to Auburn and Alabama those respective years. But then 2015, 2016, they weren't even going to the um, SEC title game. It was Florida both of those two years were 2015, they were two losses behind Florida. So it wasn't even like a, oh, wow, we really almost came in touch of Florida that year. No, you were two losses behind them one year. And I think that's what's going to, that's what broke the camel's back is not only do you have an, a losing record in the SEC overall, but during your entire time, you couldn't even get us to the SEC title game. And you can't beat Alabama if you don't play Alabama in that title game. And I was just going to say, that's the whole problem. 2015-2016, mm-hmm. you, you get to a, a bowl game. But the problem is, that's not what you're playing for. Mm-hmm. And you can be 9-4 and four and that's fine. That's a good record. But if it doesn't have you playing for anything at the end of the season... Again, a lot of people can put stock into a bowl game. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. Unless you're unless you're playing a bowl game that means something, that you're in the playoffs, that you're going to continue to move forward, and you're going to have a chance to win a national championship, then it really doesn't matter. Can you make your school some money? Mm-hmm. Sure. Can you make your conference some money? Oh, yeah. Well, but that's... The issue is that that's not what you're looking to do. Mm-hmm. You're looking to win. You're looking to win it all. Well, and and when thing... you can't when you can't get there, when you don't get there, and after a while, if you keep going nine and four, you don't get there. Keep going mm-hmm. nine and four, you don't get there. What's the issue? What's the issue here? You know, why aren't you getting there? Well, the thing that hurts the most if you're a Tennessee fan, and I'm looking just at 2015, 2016, because like I said, he wasn't going to come in 2013 and dethrone the Missouri Tigers. He wasn't going to do that the second year also. I believe one of those teams or both of those teams were the Michael Sam Missouri Tigers, where they had a great defense in Missouri. But 2015 and 2016, last year and two years ago, are the two that I look at. Because, like I said, 2015, you were two losses behind Florida. It was the same thing in 2016. You were two losses behind in second place. If you go back to 2015, 
you lose your four loss, three losses, pardon me, in conference at Florida, at home against Arkansas, and at number eight Alabama. Let's be honest. Although that was a nineteen to fourteen game, I will give you a pass on Al- at Alabama. That's okay. You can lose that game, and it's not going to go against your record. But that year, the two big games that you had. You lost to Florida, which already put you behind the eight ball because if you end up tied, they own the tiebreaker. But then you lost to Arkansas, which wasn't ranked. And I know that Brett Bielema at that time had his boys really going then, and they're not the same Arkansas team that we see this year. But you lose by four points. And it's not like you didn't have anyone at quarterback. You did have Joshua Dobbs in his second full season entering his junior campaign. And then his senior campaign last year, I know I give – Tennessee fans a little bit of shit for the games early on, Appalachian State, the games where you're just squeaking by getting wins where you should have lost. Yeah, you beat Florida. Yeah, you beat Georgia. Good for you. But then you go ahead, and I know Texas A&M was ranked in the top 10. They were a lot better last year than they were this year. But you lose to them in double overtime. That could have been a winnable game. You lose. Then you lose to Alabama, but then you lose to South Carolina and Vanderbilt. Just take the South Carolina and Vanderbilt games. One score, I believe the Vanderbilt game was nine points, so technically a two-score game. But the South Carolina one was a field goal game. You win those two games over opponents that Rocky Top fans were probably assuming that they could beat. You are going to the SEC title game because you'd own the tiebreaker over or over Florida. Well, you take a look at this year, and this year I think is is the is Just the straw wheels that, fell off the wagon, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, mm-hmm. as they say. So you lose to Missouri this past weekend, fifty to seventeen. Missouri's not good. Fifty to seventeen. Mm-hmm. You gave up four hundred thirty-three yards rushing, six hundred fifty-nine yards of total offense. You turn the ball over four times. You lose to Kentucky this season earlier in the year, first mm-hmm. time in five seasons. You've done that. You lose. Excuse me. You lose to, well, you lose to everybody else, really. The, <laughs> the, the What I wanted to say is you win. Mm-hmm. Here's the ones you won. One point victory over Georgia Tech to start the season. Skating on right? by. Yep. That was to start the season. Double overtime. Blowout win over FCS Indiana State. Mm-hmm. 17-13 win over UMass, who is Struggle win. not a a good team. Mm-hmm. And then a 24-10 victory over Southern Mississippi. Not I I shouldn't say that. Georgia Tech. It's not a bad that's not a bad team. Mm-hmm. But everyone else? Yeah, you're supposed to beat them. Whoop de doo da day. Now the but thing the, the, I will the, say the, the, the problem the problem is though is that great. You won you mm-hmm. won those games that you were supposed to win all of them. Mm-hmm. You couldn't competitively play anybody else in your conference the this season. Only Clearly game, why they're 0-6. The and that's, only game. Ricky, come on, man. You're not letting me kind of finish this off. Is that this is such a problem. Mm-hmm. This is what did it for Butch Jones. If he would have come in and he would have had another 9-4 and season, I guarantee you he would have stayed. Well, yeah, it's a but, winning record. 
How many times have we seen a coach lose with a winning, winning record? Don't act mm-hmm. like it's an automatic but thing. But if he went 9-4, and four, I could see Tennessee going, oh, okay, like bowl game winning record, they wouldn't have gotten rid of him. Sure. Even if he went 4-4 four and four in the SEC. Even though if they're not even competing for that title game. And the thing I was going to say is, yeah, the Georgia Tech win is good. The one thing, benefit of the doubt, you don't give them benefit of the doubt because they should have played defense. That Florida game... They had that in the bag and lost it on the final. A, a Hail Mary that was just a hope and a prayer from Felipe Frank. So, I mean, I some Tennessee fans may be looking at that and going, if that game changes and flips, I know we're going to play the what-if game, but, like, how does that change the season? Even if they just get that win, maybe that's enough to go, well, you know, maybe we'll give them one more year. Just, But this, this season in general— mm-hmm. You lose that that Florida game. Okay, that's a tough one. You lose forty-one nothing against Georgia. Georgia at home. You lose at home fifteen and nine against South Carolina on the road against Alabama forty-five seven. Mm-hmm. Kentucky on the road. You lose by three on the road at Mizzou fifty to seventeen. You have no defense. You have no defense. You're not competitive at all. And that's and why that's, that's awful. That is awful from mm-hmm. a Tennessee team, from an SEC team. That is awful. Well, and that's why the games, the really the ones I look at that are the hardest ones to swallow this year: Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky, and then Missouri's just a cherry on top because Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky. You look at those scores, and if you're a Tennessee fan, you probably look at those and go. We should have won those games. Should have won those games. They were so close. This team is better than I know the product is on the field because you obviously believe in your team. However, that Missouri game, you go, you know what, there's no way you could lose to Missouri 50-17. to The Alabama, the Georgia game, this year, looking at where they are right now, I don't want to say the, oh, I'd give you a pass, but Georgia is on a different level than they have been in years past. They're just playing out of their mind this year. I know Auburn look, just beat them. But I was just going to say, but look how Auburn played them. But Auburn's a different team. Like, Auburn is not—you're not, not going to—if you're a Tennessee team, Ten- you're not going to walk in and think that Butch Jones is Gus Malzahn. Ten- Tennessee's a different team, too. Yeah. They suck super bad this yeah. year. And that's why Butch Jones they is They super fired. suck. Like, they—this is just the season that where it's like, right—this season was going to determine for Butch Jones if he was going to get fired or be the next Kevin Sumlin. That's what this season is going to be. Because if he had a winning record, could totally see the Kevin Sumlinism. Ah, you know, we'll, we'll keep him around one but more he, year. I was going to say, but he would have still been a guy who's probably on the hot seat because yeah. he would have won. Well, he would on have the gone, hot seat. Let, let's say he would have gone nine and four, him. or he would have gone eight and five, mm-hmm. and he would have only gotten to a bowl game. But yet again, this mm-hmm. is where. Tennessee isn't getting to the level that they need to be yep. where Georgia seems to have jumped up to, mm-hmm. where Alabama's been. They're not there. They're, the, clearly, Tennessee has shown this year they're not there at all. They've taken mm-hmm. so many steps backwards. When you, when you take a look at just their stats in general, they've gone through pretty much three quarterbacks this year combining for eight touchdowns and nine interceptions. Best player on their team offensively has been John Kelly on the ground. Mm-hmm. They've been. It's just. It's been struggle after struggle after struggle after struggle, and that defense is worn down. They have been so bad. They've let everybody through. Everybody scores. It. The, 
right now this is a Tennessee team that needs to be reworked completely. And it starts, and this is going to sound redundant, it starts with the coach. I know that's what we're talking about. He got fired, he left, obviously they're going to bring in some someone new. But it starts with the coach, because how often have we heard even someone on ESPN, Colin Cowherd on FS1, talk about the landscape of coaching in college football? SEC coaches like Urban Meyer, James Franklin, leaving the SEC, taking what they did in the SEC, bringing it to a conference like the Big Ten. It's why Ohio State's up there. It's why Penn State's up there. Jim Harbaugh is the only one that didn't come from the SEC, but he was a guy who was able to go to the NFL. He even made a Super Bowl, so he's on that level. When you look at the SEC, this year alone, really it's Nick Saban's at the top, and then there's no other coach. I mean, Kirby Smart, it's still early. However, Nick Saban's undefeated against former assistants, so we'll see what happens if they, if they play each other, because Alabama still has to play Auburn in the Iron Bowl. But Tennessee needs to bring someone in that is going to bring them back, kind of like what Georgia did. They went ahead, got their guy in Kirby Smart. That was even a decision that you and I were like, whoa, firing Mark Rick, and I don't know how this is going to go, because it's not like Mark Rick was a bad coach. Look at what he's doing in Miami right now. We'll talk about them later in the podcast. I want to quickly kind of get to the end of this by kind of revisiting what we talked about before. Of We went through candidates in the old segment. You guys can view it right over Brandon's head. I'll have it pop up. But I want to ask you, now that the firing has actually happened, it's been a couple weeks since we've talked about that, have your thoughts changed on who they should go after and who that first phone call is? No, my thoughts have not changed. I would still say... It would be John Gruden. I I absolutely think it should be John Gruden. I think that he would be he would be a really good fit there, especially especially going back to what I mentioned mm-hmm. in the podcast before, where he had said that the Tennessee job would be his dream job, his dream coaching job. If they were to call him up and they were to talk to him, and he has an opportunity to come back there and and not even make a name for himself. Because that's, I don't think that would be something that he would need to do. He's mm-hmm. made a name for himself. It would be to really help a program that I, that I believe he he knows and loves. Yeah. So that's that's something that needs to happen. That conversation has to take place, and I think it will. I think it will. One thing that John Gruden's going to have to do, though, mm-hmm. he's he is going to really have to take a look at that defense and ask himself. Is Bob Shoop the guy? Is Bob Shoop the guy defensively? Because mm-hmm. the scheme that's going on there defensively right now is not a scheme that's working. You've got missed tackles a lot by these Tennessee defenders. You had so many missed tackles in that first game against Georgia Tech. They ended up winning at 42-41 to 41 in mm-hmm. overtime. But that that defense that Tennessee played that night, and Bob Shoop said, no, 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 don't, don't judge my defense off of just... This game, yeah, judge it off of that game because that's exactly how they've ended up playing the rest of the season, if not worse than that game. So that's something that whoever's coming in, I hope it's John Gruden. I think he'd be a great fit for them. Take a look at that defense and take a look if Bob Shoop is really the right fit. 
I want to throw something out there, and this is me. I'm going to say it before it even comes out of my mouth. This is ludicrous. I don't know why it's crossed my mind. It's probably never going to happen, but I'm still going to say it. So my big thing is, if John Gruden's the guy you want to go for, go all in on him right now. The only thing with John Gruden is he has said in the past, I'm only going to go back to coaching if it's an NFL job. However, you might be able to kind of swoon him in with the alma mater type of discussion. However, we don't even know if John Gruden wants to go back to football 27-7, 365 days a year. You can love football, but once you're out of it and retired, it's hard to go back once you're in that TV booth. Look at Tony Romo right now. We all thought Tony Romo would be coming back this season. It looks like Tony Romo's like, no, 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 I'm good where I am but right John, now. But, but John Gruden's one guy who— He's wired different. —who has seemed to have mm-hmm. interest— back in the coaching scope mm-hmm. of being around football for a while now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not necessarily so sure he's sold on staying with Monday. I mean, he could stay with Monday Night mm-hmm. Football forever, and I think he'd be okay. But if he had this opportunity to come and help rebuild this Tennessee program mm-hmm. and make it what people remember Tennessee for being— what you know in the the Peyton Manning mm-hmm. days and you know so so many so many different different times that they were successful i i think that he would enjoy being a part of that i want to ask you this though this is the ludicrous part about last week after we'd recorded our podcast for the week there was a boneheaded reporter that asked urban meyer about his job security at ohio state not saying he's going to get fired, not saying anything's going to change. But if, if Ohio State does the boneheaded move to move on from an Urban Meyer, could you see him going back to an SEC team like Tennessee? Back to a division he knows all too well, being from Florida or coaching at Florida. Quite honestly, there's no way that Urban Meyer is going to be leaving. Ohio State, not right now. Uh, there's there's no way that Urban Meyer is leaving Ohio State. So they have two losses on the season. So they probably aren't making the playoffs mm-hmm. this year, which we'll talk about next. It's it it would be you say ludicrous. It would it would be whatever's beyond ludicrous <laughs> for Ohio State to to get rid of him. I, you know, quite quite honestly, Tennessee. Tennessee's not going to be coached by Urban Meyer next year. No. It's it, that's that's just not going to happen. I don't believe that Urban Meyer would would want to would want to move on from Ohio State right now. There are good things going on over there. He has a pretty solid team. There's other teams that are getting better in the Big 10. I, mm-hmm. I think that's clear. But he's he's in a good spot right there. I don't believe he would be leaving to come back into the SEC. Not at not at not at this point. The only thing with Tennessee, and this is how I'll end it on my side, is don't rush anything. I kind of want to say don't rush anything because where you are right now in the season, a lot of stuff is going to change. If John Gruden's your guy, you can go all in on John Gruden right now. However, if he says no, it's not going to hurt you that much. But like I look at the guys that like SB Nation has on their who to watch. 
Dan Mullen, could he be a good guy? Yeah, but I mean, he currently goes up. Like, the whole thing I base it off of is, will you be able to dethrone Alabama? Dan Mullen could. He's had had teams in the past that have. So that's why I'm like, I I guess he could. I like Scott Frost at Central Florida. However, I don't know what he's going to be when you bring him to a Power 5 school, if his offense is going to translate against Power 5 defenses. I like Matt Campbell, but you could also say, you know what, flash in the pan, this is only one year, let's see how he does next year. I like Chip Kelly, don't know if he'll want to come back and coach college football. And then the other one that I really, really like is the, um, it's um, it's blanking me right now, uh, Fuente from Virginia Tech. I just don't see him leaving Virginia Tech. So that's why right now with the coaching search, I go, don't rush anything because I don't think you want to latch on to a guy, get a guy in there right away, and then be like, shit, we should have taken our time with this. That's important. You do not want to be too quick, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you certainly don't want to wait too long where all the good guys are yep. already scooped up and then you're taking someone who it was number three or four on your list. And that's why I think it's good that they made the move now. Should have made it a little bit sooner, I would have think, to get rid of Butch Jones at least. Now people know your job is on the map and you are moving on and distancing. But this is where I want to ask you guys, what do you guys think? What Tennessee fans, what do you think of the firing Who are your candidates? Who would you love to see don the kind of light orange? It's not a burnt orange. It's more of a light orange. And coach in Rocky Top or at Rocky Top next year for the Tennessee Vols. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. But, Brandon, let's move on into our next topic. And we kind of mentioned Ohio State, so we'll kind of use them as the example early on. But what I want to look at with the college football playoff rankings, as you guys are watching this on YouTube They're already out. If you're listening to this on Blog Talk Radio, then they could be out, could not be out as we record our podcast on Monday. But this could be the first year, Brandon. I was looking at kind of the standings and the records for most teams that could be playoff worthy. And by the end of the year, not right now, but by the end of the year, we could have a few two-loss teams that could be worthy. We could have an Auburn team. That is a two-loss team, but very worthy. We could have a Georgia team that's a two-loss team, but very worthy. A Clemson team that's a two-loss team, but very worthy. You've got right now Ohio State, Notre Dame. We've got USC. These are guys that could win their conference championship, Washington as well. I want to ask you, of the teams that could go in that two-loss bracket, is this going to finally be the year, finally, that we get a two-loss team into the college football playoff? I'm going to say no. And I kind of had a feeling you would. And the reason I say no is because right now, Alabama, they have Mercer, and they have... Uh, Gotta watch out for that Mercer, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they've got they've got Mercer and then they've got Auburn. Mm-hmm. They've got Mercer and they've got Auburn. So let's say Alabama loses to Auburn. If they do, I don't think it's gonna happen. But they're they're then eleven and one. Mm-hmm. Miami, if they lose to Clemson, 
Pitt, they play Pittsburgh. I would call that a win. They mm-hmm. lose to Clemson. They're at one loss. Oklahoma, I don't think that Oklahoma is going to lose another game now. So they're at one loss. Clemson could be at two losses, but I feel like if Georgia, if you kind of jump down and you're able to take a look and Georgia's able to win their next two, I think that they would have a, a better chance to then get in over Clemson, who would who would have two losses then. Mm-hmm. Georgia would be inserted there, and you'd have Alabama, Miami, Oklahoma, and Georgia. Possibility. But I, yeah. I'm looking at this. Ohio State, I think they're done for. Notre Dame, I said it last week, mm-hmm. it was bigger for Notre Dame. I think that yep. they're now 8-2. and two, They're out. They're done. Um, Oklahoma State, I also believe that they're probably out. TCU now at two losses, I think they're out. USC, they've been out in my mind for a while. Penn State's been out since they lost to Ohio mm-hmm. State. Again, these are things in my mind. Yeah. Um, UCF, at 9-0, and they were never getting in because of their schedule. Mm-hmm. I, I think that you're looking at teams right at the top. Alabama, Miami, Oklahoma right now. Those are three teams that I think, if they're able to take care of business the rest of the way, they're going to be okay. And you know, Alabama, to me, even if they lose that game, to Auburn at the end of the season. Alabama, I think, is still in. But then Auburn, they could be. I don't think it's going to happen. The reason mm-hmm. I said no is because I didn't think Alabama was going to lose to Auburn. Still don't because they haven't played mm-hmm. two weeks away. But if Auburn's able to pull off the miraculous, mm-hmm. which Mississippi State did a pretty darn good job against Alabama this past week. And Struggle I thought win for the Crimson Tide. It certainly was. It certainly was. But Alabama, let me tell you, the great teams are able to win games like that. You don't play that well, mm-hmm. and you're still able to get the win against a quality opponent. But if Alabama, if, mm-hmm. if, 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 Alabama loses to Auburn, one, I will be shocked. And two, then Auburn, I think, would be very playoff worthy. And that could be then your two loss team. But I'm going on the fact. The reason why I said no originally to your question is because I'm going off of the assumption mm-hmm. that the Alabama Crimson Tide will not lose to Auburn, will go undefeated in the regular season, and will be the number one seed when we get to the playoffs. Some few things that I want to map out really quick. And this is as we're recording this, we don't know what the committee is going to do for this week, but kind of some things. Your the first point that I just want to squash right away. I completely agree with you. Penn State is done. Don't sleep on Ohio State. I know, it's no, not I, sleeping. Wait, wait, wait. It's it's understanding. I, I know you're not getting it. I know you're saying they're not. I think that there's a there's a better chance that they get in than a Penn State. They are the one two loss team that I'm like, don't fucking sleep on. Because if we look at last year, our last week's playoff rankings, yeah, they were 13, but now Michigan State has lost. You have Washington now has two losses, which I would say the loss to Stanford is a lot worse than the loss to Oklahoma that Ohio State has. Or in, I know Iowa's there, but I'm looking at the ranked one. Also, that one's a little tricky. However, how do you view it? I would take Big Ten over Pac-12. You now have TCU with the second loss. However, that's a common loss with Oklahoma now, with Ohio State, because TCU just lost to Oklahoma. So we have new teams entering the fold. Notre Dame as well just got beat, and they are now a two-loss team. That's why I'm saying don't sleep on Ohio State. That 
that little meter, beep, beep, it's still going. It's still ticking. They don't need life support yet, Brandon. They're, they're almost there, but they're still alive. The other thing I wanted to mention, how interesting could the SEC be? Because I know you said you don't think Alabama will go ahead and lose to Auburn. Well, you're hoping they won't because if Auburn goes ahead and wins out, you're going streaking, buddy. That's what we said on the last podcast. But if Auburn wins out, what kind of scenario do you have? For Alabama, of course, winning out is the best scenario. But I would say even losing to Auburn could equally be as good for Alabama. Because think about this. If Auburn wins out, and just in this situation, Alabama would have one loss. Auburn would have two. Now, I know they'd have an SEC title, but where it becomes interesting is where you rank the two loss teams. Georgia would also have two losses. And what you could then say, Alabama to Georgia, is, yeah, well, we lost to Auburn. Yeah, you lost to Auburn. Yeah, but you lost to them twice. Boom. Alabama above Georgia in my mind. Just the, you lost to them twice, we only lost to them once. So that would put Alabama above. And then you look at the other teams. Let's say Miami wins out. Then it's like, ah, Clemson, Alabama. Yes, but Alabama's one loss is a lot better than the two losses that Clemson had. So I think any of the two lost teams would not be able to hop Alabama. And yeah, they wouldn't be number one. They'd probably be number four. But they could still get into the playoff if they lose to Auburn. Here's the trick. Here's the thing that I know, though. Wisconsin, Miami, Alabama control their own fate. If those three teams win out, they're playoff teams because they're the only ones that are undefeated. The only thing that then goes into it is, is Clemson going to lose to a Miami and go to two losses? Is an Oklahoma going to lose? Because you look at Oklahoma right now, their last two games, I this one coming up is a bye week. They're playing Kansas, but they play UNLV in their last regular season game, and then they're going to get a chance to, right now it would be TCU that they play in the Big Ten title game. It depends on what happens in the last two weeks between Oklahoma State Wait, who, and TCU. Who would you say? You said Oklahoma's playing UNLV in their last regular no, season No, no, West game? Virginia. West Virginia. I Did I say UNLV? You said UNLV, I meant and I'm to saying, say, uh, let me check that schedule I meant, again I meant that to I say, just checked a second ago. I meant ago. to say West Virginia. So they All play right. West Virginia in that final game. Then it comes down to that Big 12 championship, either if it's TCU or Oklahoma State. Hey, both of those two teams could lose a shocker in the last two. We could get a Oklahoma-West Virginia or a oklahoma well, West Virginia, if they beat Oklahoma, but we could get that matchup as well. So we don't know what that matchup is going to be set in stone either. The thing that I think we're getting towards is we're almost getting towards full chaos here in college football. Because I think we're going to have a couple teams that we look at at the end of the year where it's like, oh, well, this team's got two losses and this one. But I really like this team over that team. I don't think it's going to be as clear cut as it's been in years past. Okay, let me ask you a question. Out of that, you said mm-hmm. you you said that Ohio State. You think their their ticker's still going? Do you think the ticker is still going for Notre Dame? No, no conference championship. That's what we talked about earlier. Is nipping them in the bud right now. I think the only thing, the only thing 
that is helping Ohio State and why that ticker is barely alive is if they win out. Yeah, I know the Miami win won't look as good now, but it's still a rivalry game. That's the rat poison game for the Buckeyes. Just avoid not losing that game. But you would get a win over, in our minds, a playoff team in Wisconsin this week, and you would have a conference championship. That's the big thing. How are conference championships going to be viewed this year by the by the brand new committee? Because I was going to say, you say that Ohio State still has, you think they still have mm-hmm. some life. You don't think that the Irish still have life, and it confuses me mm-hmm. because you look at the Irish and they've played against two. They, the, I shouldn't say t- they've they've lost to two very, very good teams. Georgia at the time was 15. They lost them by one point. This Georgia mm-hmm. team has clearly shown that they're one of the best in college football this year. Mm-hmm. They lose to Miami. They get blown out. I mean, they are run out of Hard Rock yeah. Stadium. 41-8. to eight. Mm-hmm. But Miami is legitimate. I mean, yeah. they're legitimate. I, I, I picked Notre Dame to win this past week, but I know Miami's a good football team. Mm-hmm. Their wins, they beat a Michigan State team that was ranked last week. They beat them 38-18. to 18. Blowout by 20 points, probably. Mm-hmm. The Ohio State Buckeyes whooped up on Michigan State this past weekend, 48-3. So you've got the common opponent there. USC, 11 at the time, and still kind of around. 49-14, the Irish beat them. Mm-hmm. NC State, 14 at the time. In a quality team this year, 35-14, the Irish whoop them up. Mm-hmm. You talk about if you want to talk about an eye test, Notre Dame is winning the eye test over Ohio State right now. E- easy right, right now. now. Does no? I'm saying they, at the end yes, of the year yes, it changes right because here's but do, you, do you think do you think that it is. Okay, so so the Irish they they don't have that mm-hmm. conference, so they don't have that conference championship game. I agree with you. I think they need to be in a conference because when it gets to this point, and we're at this point, that's eight and two here, eight and two here, mm-hmm. and you're going, okay, well, you know, Ohio State, they're gonna, you know, if let's say both of them, they win out the, the rest of their games, I'll tell Notre you, Dame wins there too, exactly. and, and and Ohio State wins there too. Are you gonna give it to Ohio State just because they have the opportunity to win one more and win an an important quote unquote important game, whereas Notre Dame, they've still won all their games that they needed to here at the end of the season, and they go ten and two. I'll tell you exactly. Here's what I look at. Let's say both teams win out. So Notre Dame wins their last two. You then have Ohio State win their last three, it would be. What I would look at if it was me on the committee is first I would take the losses. For Ohio State, you've got the Oklahoma State game, which wasn't close. Oklahoma. Oklahoma game that wasn't close. You've got the Iowa game that wasn't close. You've got Notre Dame, lost by one point to Georgia, who Georgia's been a top-four team most of the year, number one team up until this week, and Miami, who's going to be a top-four team now. So in the losses and that thing, check to Notre Dame. They won that. For the wins, Michigan State, Michigan State, Ohio State beat them a little bit better than Notre Dame did. Also, when I look at Notre Dame, yeah, you've got then USC and then NC State, as the other two ranked opponents, I'm going over to Ohio State. You beat Penn State, which was a number two team, and you went ahead and did that. Yeah, it was one point, but you went ahead and came back in that game, and you also have the win, like I said, over Michigan State. 
the thing that's going to come into play is then that Wisconsin win. You're beating a playoff team, which I would say those three ranked teams would be better than the wins. I would rank that better than the wins that Notre Dame has. So check. One here, one here, the conference championship. It's gotta you've gotta award a team for a conference championship, then why play the conference championship? Just to have an extra game to see if an Alabama or a Wisconsin will lose in that last game. You know what I mean? Well, I don't think I, I think that you can probably call the Michigan State game a tie because it doesn't okay. matter how bad you beat them. You, both of you, you you both whooped up on them. It but was, in college football, it comes down to that. Well, college football is the but, only but, sport but, but, that comes but, down to that. But you took what I just said out of context. Is it doesn't matter how you beat them in this sense because mm-hmm. you both blew them out, thirty-eight to eighteen or forty-eight to three. You whooped their ass. But who won by the bigger margin oh, who of victory? Who cares in this situation? I'm that's but no, college it, football but does. But not in this scenario. Not in that one game. It does not matter. You beat them. You beat them. You beat them by 20 mm-hmm. or you beat them by 45. You beat them by a lot. But what I'm saying is in the mindset of college football, it's always been how much have you beaten on that team I, is what I, I'm saying. I get it. I, I agree, under, I, I I agree understand with you. how you win the games is, is, is something that you look at. But at the same time, in this certain mm-hmm. instance with Michigan State, you both beat them by a lot of points. So mm-hmm. let's move on to the next point then. USC, Notre Dame takes care of them with their eyes closed, mm-hmm. 49-14. NC State takes care of them by plenty. So Ohio State, they haven't... You know, they haven't finished up their their, their schedule, obviously. Mm-hmm. And when you take a look at the win that they had against against oh, uh, Penn State, uh, ends up being a huge win for them. But my Ohio State haters that hate me already mm-hmm. are going to love me when I say they didn't win, Penn State lost. I know they came back for 18 points. It was an impressive comeback in the fourth quarter. But Penn State gave that game away. Notre Dame handily but to won you, their game. But to use the logic that you kind of use with Michigan State, you still won the game. I understand. You still understand. won the game. You did. So, I mean, you it did, doesn't matter I've, how many points you but, won by, you but, still won the but game. But also, too, and I know that people can mm-hmm. go back and say for, for Notre Dame that, you know, well, who did, you know, who did they play? But Ohio State. I mean, outs really outside of mm-hmm. Oklahoma and Penn State, they have played, eaten cupcake after cupcake. I mean, Rutgers, Maryland, Nebraska, and then you know you've got Illinois here at the end. You can make a case for Ohio State, but. To me, they're dead in the water. Mm-hmm. To me, Notre Dame's dead in the water. I, I'm just trying to, with you, yeah, understand how you believe that Ohio State is still alive, but Notre Dame is dead. And the, I believe they're both dead. Well, and like I said, with Ohio State, there's a difference between being barely alive and being a first-year playoff team. For For me, in my mind, for Ohio State to make the playoff, a lot of shit is going to have to go down. Honestly, if they want to make the playoff, let's be honest, they'll have to win out. So, I mean, you'll have Wisconsin there, but then you'll have the debate of Wisconsin only has one loss. 
you have two loss. Yeah, I know you won the conference championship, but Wisconsin only has one loss. Then you've got the what if Auburn? What if they're fighting with Auburn? They both have that championship. Auburn would easily beat in Ohio State. So Ohio State needs the dominoes to fall exactly in their favor. And that's why with Ohio State and Notre Dame, I think this is looking on the outskirts of what it could be. What I want to do is for you, for Blog Talk Radio, you guys, this is just going to go right on through, and this is going to be just one long discussion. I apologize for YouTube. I did not intend for this to happen, but I'm making an executive decision here. Where I didn't expect for us to go this long on just this. I think this is a part one, part two. I think we just hit part one. There are teams in this two-loss thing we have not even touched. Miami, or not Miami, Clemson, the Big 12, the SEC. So I'm going to ask you right now for everyone to see, you okay with axing the Miami topic going into a part two and kind of using Miami into that topic? Yeah, I'm all right with that. Okay, that's what we're going to do. So on YouTube, like I said, this is kind of part one. Let us know what you guys think down below. I know this part one was mainly a little Ohio State and Notre Dame with a little bit of intro, but the one thing I want to throw in there just to end this is what's going to be interesting with all of this two loss is if the Pac-12 can either play themselves in, which not going to happen, or are the committee going to look at Pac-12 wins and go, just not that impressive because of what the conference has been this year. I want you guys to let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. And if you're on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or Stitcher, like I already said, and Spreaker, can't leave out the Spreaker folks, but like I said, moving right in, this is part two if you're on YouTube, hello, this is one topic, this is the first time I think we've done one topic, but it's a part one, part two, just because we've gone so long. We might have done it in the past, I don't remember doing it, so I'm just going to say this is the first time we've ever done it, but we were in the last part, we were talking mostly about these two lost teams, and we focused a lot on Ohio State and Notre Dame. I think they're at the bottom. They're like the, they need a lot of shit to go right just to get in. A team I want to look at for, and I'll ask you, do you want to look at the ACC or the Big 12 first? Uh, let's take a uh, look at the ACC. Okay. And the thing with this is, the only two lost team they could get is Clemson. And the thing is, depending, and this is how everything plays out, could you see a Clemson team go into the Miami game, the ACC title game against Miami, at one loss, lose to Miami, be a two-loss team, and still get in? No, not 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 if not if we see Wisconsin continue on the run that they're so on right now. So if they win the Big Ten, Big Ten then if game Wis- over. If Wisconsin wins the Big Ten, mm-hmm. Wisconsin is in, and and Clemson is out. Mm-hmm. Uh, right right now, Clemson, to me, has been such an underwhelming number four, uh, I mm-hmm. almost a number four seed, but a number four ranked team right now and, and, they probably and, and have the playoff worst, team. They probably have the worst loss out of anybody on the resume, and they still get into the top four. Well, exactly, but I think that you, uh, it's, it is understandable, mm-hmm. you know, to a point, but at the same time, like I said, they're underwhelming. They're mm-hmm. an underwhelming team to me this year. They they don't have they don't have the the, the big play ability. That they had under Deshaun Watson, a Deshaun Watson, 
and everything that that team brought with Wayne Gallman and Mike Williams. And certainly when you look to the defensive side of things, it was, you know, just as good. But Clemson, right? I just don't, I don't think that they could, I don't think that they could go into Miami, lose, and stay. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't see it. In order, because I'm kind of playing situations in my head. Like I said in the first part, is if Wisconsin, Miami, and Alabama win out, that's three spots locked up. And that means we're fighting for the fourth one. If Oklahoma wins out, I'm sorry, Clemson, you're left at home. You are left at home because what we would have is a two-loss Georgia team, three-loss Auburn team. They'd be dead in the water. Ohio State and Notre Dame wouldn't be able to get in, and then it would either be Clemson or Georgia. Clemson, Georgia, or Oklahoma, and Oklahoma with one loss would be the fourth team. So if Oklahoma, Miami, Alabama, and Wisconsin all win out, that's your playoff. That's your playoff, I think, moving forward. However, if, let's say, we get a Ohio State that, well, not really an Ohio State, I'm looking more towards the SEC. If we get chaos in the SEC, what will be very interesting is if Miami wins, they're in. Then if, let's say, Auburn wins out because we use that scenario, I think they could be in. Wisconsin wins out there. And so Miami, Wisconsin, and then it's like Oklahoma. But if Auburn beats Alabama, are you going with a two-loss Auburn or Clemson or it's this simple. a one-loss it's Alabama? It's this simple. If Auburn wins out, Auburn is in. They're in. Auburn is in. But so is Alabama. Because they would only have one loss. So is Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is Al. So it could it could be. <laughs> so if Auburn oh, wins. Oh, I would just kick myself. Because you'd go streaking. I would just kick myself. <laughs> it could be. Could. Mm-hmm. You know, again. You know, we don't want people to be, you know, nutcases on here. And be, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> scenarios, people, scenarios. So uh, Alabama mm-hmm. could be. Alabama, Miami, Oklahoma, Auburn. Could. Could. If mm-hmm. Auburn were to win out and everything went their way. But I just don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll be honest with you. Right now, I'm pretty confident with Alabama, Miami, and Oklahoma as the top three teams. Yeah. And what Clemson needs, because I'm going back to them, this is what I think they need to get into the playoff if they lose to Miami. Of course, win the ACC tournament, you're fucking in the uh, basketball tournament. Win the championship game, you're in the playoff. I'm already thinking basketball. It's, <laughs> it's already coming. on the mind. But what they need is they would need Wisconsin to lose against Ohio State because I mean, then they could say, well, you know what, our res- they could bank on hopefully our resume is better. The committee has always hopefully voted bank. us better. Hopefully, hopefully bank. bank that they're better. And then they would need to hope that either TCU or Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma because then they can go into the fact of hopefully between the three that the committee somehow gets confused between Oklahoma and Ohio State and puts them in. That also means also that it also muddies up the water for a Wisconsin because let's put it this way. If a Ohio State beats them, even with one loss, can't Wisconsin get in? Do you think they could get in with one loss? Or if Wisconsin loses to Ohio State, it's like, sorry, you're the Penn State of this year. Should have won the conference title. 
But at the same time, Penn State last year, didn't they not have two losses? They did. They had two losses. And that's going to be the interesting thing. If Wisconsin only has one. Wisconsin could get away with it Mm -hmm. if they only have one loss Mm -hmm. at the end when everything's said and done. They could get away with it. Mm -hmm. But then that goes back to schedule and everything like that. However... I think it was a big win. I know it was over. I know I don't want to say say it like this, but I know it was over number twenty Iowa. It's mm-hmm. not like it was number two, you know, Penn State at the time when and when Ohio State beat them. But for a team that had just come off of whooping the ass of Ohio State a week before, mm-hmm. they played Iowa really tough and they they beat them pretty badly. So I, I think that that's that's a huge win for Wisconsin. If they beat Michigan and if they beat Minnesota, and then they go on to to play in that, well, they would go on to play in the Big Ten championship game, mm-hmm. and then win it. Even come, even if you lose it and you play a close game, I think Wisconsin could be in. The thing in my mind that needs to happen for because at the beginning I asked you, will a two two loss team get in? And as we're talking about this. I'll be honest, at the beginning of the segment, I was in my mind going, yes, a two-loss team could. But now looking at it, I'm trying to find a way to get a two-loss team in. And I I think I found a way. In order for a two-loss team to get in, and I wish I had a pen and paper in front of me because I could work this out a little bit better. It's like doing math. But what I think would need to happen is the SEC scenario Auburn would have to win out mm-hmm. because then you don't have an undefeated team in the SEC. Georgia has two losses. You're basically eliminating Georgia from the playoff. What would also need to happen is I want to say Oklahoma would have to lose in their title game. So whether that let's just say it's Oklahoma State because they're right now the highest in the AP rankings as we're recording this then that muddies up the water for a two-loss Big 12 team. So you have two-loss Auburn, two-loss um, Big, 12, Big 12 team. The Big 10, it could go either way. I, I think that if Ohio State wins, it becomes a question of, well, how much does the conference title mean? Because if Ohio State wins but they award a playoff spot to Wisconsin – then on the SEC side, they could say, well, move over Auburn. We're going to let Alabama go in because conference championships don't mean anything. I feel like you can't let one in. and You can't let Auburn say you're in because of the conference championship, but then go to Ohio State and say, no, it means nothing because Wisconsin has one loss. That's the only thing that gets muddied up there. And then with the ACC, I think Clemson, honestly, I think Clemson is the team, even though they sit AP top four right now, they are the team that will be absolutely dead in the water if they have two losses. Oh, I agree with you. I don't think they're because str- their resume doesn't stand up. They're the weakest top four. Mm-hmm. They're the weakest top four easily, easily. When you put when you put Alabama, Miami, Oklahoma, all those three in front of them, so much better, mm-hmm. so much better. I, 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 again, I go back to what Kirk Herbstreit said. Just get the t- get the know, four best. W- w- exactly, the four best mm-hmm. teams. They'd be doing a disservice for college football if they had Clemson in there because Clemson is not one of the best teams in college football this year. No, they're they're not. They're not. And I think that the one, the only two, uh, three, the only three two-loss teams I think we could see in the playoff 
with all the scenarios, Auburn, o- Auburn, Oklahoma State, or Oklahoma. And the reason why I say that is if Auburn wins out and they're a two-loss team, that conference championship, I'm going to harp on that, conference championship. The thing with the Big 12, let's say Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State, if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma, yeah, Oklahoma has two losses, but Oklahoma State has that conference championship. So really, I think it'd become between Alabama and Oklahoma State, not Alabama, Auburn and Oklahoma State at that point. I think those are really the only two chances that a two-loss team has just because of what's out there. Because, I mean, if if I'm a two-loss team, I am rooting for Alabama to win out, Miami to win out, and then hopefully Ohio State knocks off Wisconsin. Maybe maybe Auburn. Maybe I'm rooting for Auburn. But I'm definitely rooting for Miami because if Clemson beats Miami, that is the one conference championship game to where if I'm a two-loss team and Clemson beats Miami and Miami ends with one loss, I'm sitting there going, great, both of them are in. Both of them are in because I don't think a loss to Clemson will be the sole thing to knock Miami out of the playoffs. I, was, I, I could be surprised. I, I was, I was just going to mention that Miami, even if they lose to Clemson in two weeks, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt them that much because it's their only loss exactly it's their only loss and it would be to if clemson mm-hmm. you know is is still sitting at number four or around you know the top seven mm-hmm. be to a quality opponent in terms yeah. of their their ranking so i don't mm-hmm. think it would hurt miami much at all so i don't think that really that really matters I, i'll i'll tell you i'll tell you and i know that i'm not trying to make some bold prediction because it's barely bold mm-hmm. alabama miami and oklahoma they're playoff bound teams. Right now, in my mind, I'm looking for the fourth. I haven't. I have not found the fourth team. Alabama, I think, is locked in. Miami, mm-hmm. I think, is is going to be locked in. I, I I think they're pretty good where they are right now. Oklahoma, same thing. Clemson, no, <laughs> they are not. I I I really am thinking that we are going to see most likely Wisconsin, or we're going to see Georgia. In that number four spot. Wisconsin's the team that needs to win. They're the team that needs to win the conference title. Out of every single team, they're the one that needs to. Because the whole thing and the whole kind of soapbox that I've been getting on is hashtag new fake ID. They're the new fake ID of college football to where you're a playoff team, but who have you played? Who have you played? Like, your first-ranked opponent's going to be who you play in the Big Ten title game. And no, I just, no, I feel no, like... They can say Iowa. They can say Iowa. But... Look, look at, I mean, look at how Iowa's played this year. When they played, when they played Penn they State, they played, they played Penn State very, very, very tough. When they played mm-hmm. Ohio State, they, they knocked them off real so, quick. And then they play... Wisconsin mm-hmm. in Wisconsin takes care of business in a big way. The, so who the you only... play to, to say? And, and I know that you would be. People will be saying, "All right, cool, you beat Iowa. No, Good no, for no. You. I'm not, but they, I'm not saying they exactly they, like they, that. They, no, but in a way, such as I'm that. saying it like this: You're trying to prove you're not the new fake ID, and you're using the former fake ID. Like this is a team that just turned 21. 
and you're going to use them as, hey, we beat them. It's like, get out of here. They used to be the fake ID. They used to be the fake well, ID. Well, they're like talking to each other. Like, ah, man, I remember when I had to use that fake ID get in the bar. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know, you come up with those stories. So, so it's not enough, nothing wrong with that. Wisconsin needs to win. I think that the right now, and I could be wrong, and I'm probably going to be wrong, but I think as of right now, as long as they, unless anything catastrophically happens, I think if Alabama and Miami end with one loss, they're in. So even if they Alabama ends with a loss, they don't get in the conference title game, I think they're in. I think Miami's in if they don't beat Clemson. Here's the thing I want to ask you, kind of to wrap all of this up. Kind of to get off the two-loss thing, could this be the first year for the committee that, let's say Auburn wins out, let's say Clemson beats Miami, let's say... Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma, and let's say Ohio State beats Wisconsin. Could this be the first year the committee goes, yeah, you know, Oklahoma State, I know you beat Oklahoma. It was a fluke. Oklahoma's looked like the better team. They're number four. Yeah, Auburn, you won the SEC. You beat Georgia twice. You beat Alabama. Alabama's in. Yeah, Ohio State, you beat Wisconsin, but Wisconsin only has that one loss. They're in. And yeah, Clemson, I know you beat Miami, but Miami's looked like the better team. They're in. Could we even get that where not a single conference champion gets in? No, I I think out of all those, the one that would get in would be Auburn. Just because of the way, because if they were able to be, they would be if they Georgia were able to be, twice if they were able to be Georgia twice and Alabama at all, mm-hmm. I think that that speaks volumes, and that you would have to put Auburn in because they would then clearly be one of the best teams, if not the best team, because you knocked off mm-hmm. the two best teams, quote unquote, is uh, you know for for this season, mm-hmm. what has looked like the best teams this year, Alabama and Georgia, uh, just with both of them being undefeated for so long, and then Georgia just losing last week to Auburn, and I, I think that, that Auburn would, if you, given your scenario that you mm-hmm. just threw out there, Auburn would be the team that would be a for sure lock after all of that, that they would say, hey, it doesn't matter, you, you beat Georgia twice and Alabama once, we're not going to snub you, you, you got to be in. Let me ask you this then before we go on to our picks. Let's say that same scenario goes down. So Ohio State beats Wisconsin, only loss for Wisconsin. Auburn beats Alabama, beats Georgia. Oklahoma State plays Oklahoma. Both of them end with two losses because the Cowboys would get the victory. And Clemson beats Miami. What's your playoff look like if that's... If that's the final kibosh, what's your four look like? Um, it would probably be Alabama one, Auburn two. You can change it. Yeah, I would say Alabama one, Miami two, mm-hmm. Auburn three, Wisconsin four. Wow. Wow. You know who would get pissed off in that scenario? The one fan base that would get pissed off in that scenario. Do you want to take a guess or do you want me to tell you? Hold on. Who would I leave out? Big 12. ACC. ACC. Because if Clemson oh. beat Miami, 
they would riot. They would riot if a Wisconsin team that lost to Ohio State got in above them. Wouldn't disagree with it because it would be like, well, you know what? You did lose to Syracuse where Wisconsin did lose to Ohio State, which is a more of a quality loss. But Clemson would be stringing the violin that Penn State fans were stringing last year. And again, that's 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 with your scenarios. Yeah, with, with that's my with exact your, scenario. That's with your exact scenarios that mm-hmm. you just pointed out coming to life. I would go I would go a little bit different from you. I would say in this exact scenario, Clemson is the most tricky team. You want to know why they're the most tricky team? Because you beat Miami and I feel like I feel like because they had beat Miami and because of everyone else that lost, I would want to leave them out, but I couldn't. I feel like they would be the default number one, <laughs> but they would be like a weak number one. So that's what I would put there, like a, I guess you're number one. Then at number two, I would put Miami, only because if Miami wins that game, they're number one, and it's like you lost to number one. Then number three, the true number one, I would put Alabama or the true 1B, 1A, 1B, Miami and Alabama, I think, could be number one seeds. So I would have Clemson because I'd have to, Miami, Alabama, and then Auburn. I would have a ACC-SEC matchup. And how I would go at it is exactly, there's a little method to my madness. Clemson-Auburn, rematch there. You have Miami and Alabama. Could get an ACC national championship, could get an SEC one, or we could get a mix. Would that be the best thing for college football? Probably not. I think the best thing for college football which would be to get four of the Power Fives in there, not anyone doubling. But I think we're set up for true chaos to end the season. Yeah, I don't know about you. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you before we end this segment, mm-hmm. I will tell you who I think the top four should be right now. Okay, I not, think we're the exact same. Not in your scenario. Yeah. Not in your, just your right scenario now, that you just gave. 12. Right now, week 12. I would say Alabama, mm-hmm. Miami, Oklahoma, and Wisconsin. That's who I would say. We're almost the exact same. And I know if you've already seen the top 10 video we put out every week, you've already seen this, but I'm the exact same. Alabama, Miami, Oklahoma, and I just got Georgia. Because Georgia, yeah, I know you lost Alabama, but the quality of opponent that Georgia has played is better than Wisconsin at this point. But I would have Wisconsin at five. I'd have Wisconsin as my first out, Clemson as my second out. And I'm assuming you would have Georgia and Clemson as your first two out as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think probably followed by Auburn. Brian's like, Brian's like, yeah, I think about it a little I gotta bit. I got to remember what I said <laughs> earlier before but we came on. This is where you guys come in. Let us know what are you guys hoping for? What kind of chaos? What kind of scenarios? Who do you think is going to be in? Who do you think could still play their way in? This has probably been the most interesting. I think I say this every year, but this has probably been the most interesting. <laughs> co- well, I, I think I say this every year because every year it's interesting. But I think every this year. one's the most interesting because I think it's it, – it, I'm using interesting a lot. I think it's intriguing Ooh, that uh, – New word. Pulled out the, th- the, 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 the thoris for that one. But uh, if I could stop stumbling, I think that this is the first year that we've had – we, we're not having this discussion 
last year of what two loss team is getting in. This year we can have that discussion. I think that was really pretty cool that we could do that. But you guys let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. But Brandon, let's close out the podcast like we always do, making our picks for the upcoming week. And we got week number 12. And the one thing I want to throw out there is a disclaimer because I didn't think about this until after we recorded last week. These rankings are going to be a little off. You might be, if you're listening to this, like on a Thursday or a Wednesday, like, oh, there's some teams that you messed up that are in the rankings. We record this on Monday. So now that they use the college football playoff rankings, by Wednesday there are games in here that weren't in here on Monday. So I want to throw out that disclaimer that we're recording this on Monday. So some of the games might be different by later in the week, but we still pick them. All the same. And the first one we've got is an ACC matchup, 11.20 a.m. start time, a little bit later than I'm used to at 11 o'clock. Don't worry, Mercer, Alabama has me covered on that one. But we've got Pitt and number 17 at the moment, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. Who you got? Uh, Definitely got to go with Virginia Tech in this one. Uh, They're at home. They're coming off a tough loss against Georgia Tech. But I I think they get back on track this week against Pitt. This is not the same pit team that uh, you've noticed in years past. I don't think they have the upset bug, and I'm going to go with VT at home at Lane Stadium. Then we got a Big 12 matchup. Brandon, I would love to be able to pick my fighting Illini. 2-8, and 0-7 oh in the Big 10. Would love the upset. I want to say last Friday, November 10th, Dave's birthday, was the anniversary of Juice Williams and that Illinois team beating the Ohio State Buckeyes, but... Ohio State's a 40-and-a-half-point favorite. I got the Buckeyes in Columbus. That's so many points. So many points. Yeah, Ohio State is not going to be challenged by an 0-7 team in the Big Ten. And you say so many points. I, I look at it and I go, are we really that bad? <laughs> the answer is mm-hmm. yes. Yes. But I just I hate it. And then we've got... Really, the game that's going to be so much of a blowout, they don't even have a line down. Vegas said, no, you can't bet on this game. 5-5 five and five Mercer, 10-0 and 0 Alabama, roll tide. Alabama, absolutely. I like, I like I've said, and I haven't even joked about it earlier in the season. You, you couldn't even click on Mercer and the thing. They, yep. they, they, were, uh, they were unclickable. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Alabama's going to win. This one should win easily. Those FCS teams, and plus when you look at the tickets for that game, I like how it says... 491 available for $5. Yeah. Cheapest tickets, $5 for that one. Sounds like a White Sox game. Then we're going Big 12. We've got the TCU Horn Frogs, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. TCU only a seven point favorite. Do they bounce back this week against the Red Raiders in Lubbock? Well, TCU's coming off a tough loss. I mean, they, they really are. I thought that they would be able to play some good defense last week against Oklahoma, but Baker Mayfield is that good. Showed that he was Heisman-worthy. Very much so. He's or, been... was, or was Anderson Heisman-worthy, the running back, that had four total touchdowns. Hey, he was great, but, ba- <laughs> but Baker Mayfield is the reason that mm-hmm. offense runs so well. TCU, though, bounce, bounces back this week. Texas Tech has shown it can put up points. They mm-hmm. have for a long time, but they also have shown they cannot win even if they can't put up those points. So I'm going to go TCU. Yeah, I'm going to go with TCU as well. Really, I didn't expect that game to be so much of a blowout than it actually was. I think TCU gets back on the map hoping that the Cowboys lose one of their next two games so that they can have a shot to be in the Big 12 title game. I think TCU and Oklahoma State actually play each other in their final game, so that will be 
the tiebreaker there. Then we've got the interesting game. A lot of people bringing this one up. Miami a 19.5 point favorite over Virginia. But a lot of people sniffing around, Brandon, smelling that rat poison. Do the Hurricanes get bit by the rat poison, or does the turnover chain show an appearance and they get the win over Virginia? Well, we were supposed to have a nice rivalry game last week <laughs> um, with with Miami and Notre Dame, and we didn't at all. Uh, Miami showed that they are very good. Mm-hmm. Offensively, defensively. They showed they're a sound football team, and they showed that uh, Mark Rick, pretty good coach. Miami's getting this win at home. They're going to 10-0. I think 19.5 after last week is a slap in the face of this Hurricane team. I think they'll win by a little more. Now I know they were playing up for last week. This is the interesting game. This is that elimination Saturday that Colin Coward was talking about. Now that you won that big rivalry game, can you still keep that momentum and not kind of Take a little, take a week off against Virginia. I think they get the job done. What I want to ask you about Miami before we move on, though, is I've never asked you what's your opinion on the turnover chain for Miami, where after a defensive player makes a turnover, they get the chain and they get to kind of pose with this big old chain that has the U logo on. I think it's pretty badass. I love it. <laughs> I love it's awesome. I love how the older people like analysis are like, you know, you know, at first I didn't like it, like. I didn't like them showboating on the sidelines, but now I think I like it a little bit. Showboating on the it. sidelines? How is that showboating? Well, it's it. Come on, seriously. You know how it is. I know old, that old old white analysis. That's like you know what? This is how it should be. Don't want that on the field. I mean, but how it, many people got mad at Johnny Manziel for doing this? <laughs> but that was on the field. Yeah, this that is was, also on was, the field, but this is on the sideline. It, there's a complete difference. Mm-hmm. There's a complete difference. What you do on your sidelines, yep. what you do with your players to motivate them is completely different than being a jackass on the field going it. like that. I, I love the turnover chain, and I wish I had one of my own. So if you guys want to buy me a turnover chain, go ahead. I'd love to wear Like if a U fan got me a Miami turnover chain, I would wear it on every podcast. I would wear it every every primetime podcast. I would wear the Miami turnover chain. I'm not even a Miami fan, but moving over into <laughs> the conference I am a fan of, we've got the Michigan Wolverines. I almost said Michigan State. That would have been bad. Michigan Wolverines and the Wisconsin Badgers. Badgers only a seven and a half point favorite. Can Michigan play upset in Camp Randall? I don't think they're going to be able to. Wisconsin, they looked really good last week against, mm-hmm. against Iowa, and this is an Iowa team that was coming off of a huge win against Ohio State. So, Wisconsin at home, I've said it multiple times when they played at home, playing at Camp Randall is really, really tough. So, I think Wisconsin gets the win, goes to 11-0, continues to make their case why, hey guys, we may have not played the toughest schedule, but we're 11-0. Hello, mm-hmm. look at us. Wisconsin. I'm going to go Wisconsin, but I really much want to hit that upset special button. And the reason why I'm not is I think Michigan loses this game. Next game is the one they play up for. Playing against Ohio State, that's going to be the game they play up for, not Wisconsin. They'll play up for the rivalry game. I believe it's in Ann Arbor this year. Then moving on, we've got another SEC team playing a cupcake this week in Alabama. We've got Louisiana Monroe, the Auburn Tigers. Auburn, a 37-point favorite. Who you got? I'm going to go Auburn. No, you weren't you weren't gonna go with the uh UML? You're not going uh Louisiana Monroe in this one? ULM? 
ULM. University of... You said UML. I fucked that up. You You don't even care who they are. Neither do I. (laughs) Auburn. Yeah, I'm going with Auburn as well. I'm sorry, Louisa Monroe. I I tried saying your initials right. I just uh, screwed it up Ricky just can't read too well. I think... Aren't they the Warhawks? Is that their mascot? I'm literally going to look this up. Yeah, the Warhawks. Louisiana Monroe Warhawks. See, I knew that. Yeah. See, I'm redeeming myself by knowing the mascot. Yeah. You know, that's impressive. That is one thing, fun fact about me. Most college football teams, you can throw it out at me. I'll be able to tell you what the mascot is. Mercer. Mercer, the the Bears. The Mercer Bears. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. So I can't can't accurately uh, check and see. Yeah, Mercer Bears. I just looked it up. They're the Mercer Bears. You want to know what Youngstown State is? The Penguins. Hmm. And you got the little penguin with the scarf and the hat on. But moving on, SEC matchup. We've got Mississippi State and Arkansas. Mississippi State, a 12-point favorite. Can Arkansas pull up the upset? No. Mississippi State, <laughs> no. Mississippi State last week, a lot of people would say they should have won. That they should have beat. Well, yeah, if Nick Fitzgerald didn't and airmail it over the receiver's head. But here's the thing, though. They played... Such a good game mm-hmm. against Alabama. They're coming with a lot of momentum. It's been a very good season for Mississippi State. Some tough losses, but you take a look at some of those losses and even a blowout, 31-3 against Georgia. Look at what Georgia's done on this season. Mississippi State has a lot to be proud of, and Dan Mullen has a lot to be proud of. Dan Mullen may not be there at the end of the season. He may be somewhere better. Just a thought, but uh, Mississippi State, big win. Part of me wanted to hit the upset special on this this matchup, but I can't. I got to go with the Bulldogs. I wanted to hit it, but then I'm like, eh. But then you thought. I'm like, this is an Arkansas mm. team that almost lost to Coastal Carolina. No, I'm going with the Bulldogs. Then we've got my favorite non-Power 5 team, the Central Florida Golden Knights, going up against Temple in Philadelphia. I find it funny that they have the Knights as a 14-point favorite because – with them scoring 50 points per game, last week was 49, but I'll give it to them. With them scoring 50 points a game, that means if my math serves me correctly, they think that Temple's going to score about, what, about 36 points? Not a chance this spread. I take UFC with this spread. They'll win by more than 14. UFC? You're going to take, take UFC in the fight? Uh, UCF, Central Florida. See, I'm, I'm, I'm dyslexic today <laughs> on those last two. A little bit dyslexia today, but I'm going with the Golden Knights to stay undefeated in the city of brotherly love. Then we've got SMU, no screwing up that one, going up against Memphis. Memphis is an 11.5-point favorite. Who you got? I'm going with the T-Grays. I'm going to take Memphis over UMS. You said it bad. Okay. <laughs> It took me a while to understand. I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? But you're taking Memphis as well? Yeah. Then we've got a Big Ten matchup in Evanston, Illinois. The Minnesota Golden Gophers against Northwestern. This is going to be my first upset special. We've got the Golden Gophers defeating Northwestern, who's a touchdown favorite. I'm going Northwestern. They've looked like a pretty strong team this year. Even when they played against Penn State, they played a really good first half. Penn State ran away with it second half. But Northwestern, they've looked good. I think they get this win against Minnesota. And the next game, this will be an upset special for Brandon, I'm sure. We've got the 5-5, five and five, the Citadel, mm-hmm. going into Memorial Stadium in Clemson, South Carolina, to play Clemson. You're going with the Citadel, right? Oh, I mean, especially on the road, of course, yeah. <laughs> Cle- no, Clemson gets this win, it, no question about it. The big game, that comes next week. Then we've got Big 12 action, Iowa State and Baylor. Iowa State, only a 9.5-point favorite. Got to go with the Cyclones in this one. Baylor, I know, got their first win of the season, 
don't worry, it's not a trend. Cyclones with the win. Yeah, Iowa State, again, even after a couple of losses in a row now, they still are a good team, mm-hmm. and you cannot count them out. And it helps when you're playing Baylor, the worst team in the Big 12. Then moving on, SEC, we've got Georgia, we've got Kentucky. Georgia's a 21.5-point favorite. Is there any chance that Georgia hits a skid and gets upset in this game? Well, Kentucky's been a kind of a sneaky 7-3. and three. I don't feel like they've been 7-3 and three this mm-hmm. year, but they are, obviously. Well, it's because they're 3-4 and four in the SEC. They're 4-3. and three. Are they? Okay. I, I was looking at the Everything three and four. Everything is backwards. Everything well, no, is no, no, no. I saw today. the three from the seven and three. The sure four. you did. Okay. I screwed up. I screwed up. They're four and three. Go ahead. I'm going to go, go with Georgia. People are like, you're an idiot. Get them over. <laughs> Can't read tonight, folks. Cannot read on I'm this sorry. Monday. It's just too funny. I'm going Georgia in this one. Yeah, I am too. I, I, I almost, like, part of me is like, uh. Kentucky could upset them. I think Jake from State From gets the Bulldogs on track, and they are going to be ready because they've already locked up their side of the SEC. Then we've got a independent battle. We've got Navy. We've got Notre Dame. Notre Dame, an 18.5-point favorite. Who you got in Notre Dame Stadium? Notre Dame's going to be really happy to go home this week. Really, be really, really pissed really off happy. after the last game, too. Yeah, yeah. Very upset, uh, but... Notre Dame, they'll get the win this week. They'll go to 9-2. and two. They'll try and keep any hope alive, but unfortunately, that hope is gone. And that's why the hope is gone. Upset special. Navy wins by three in this one. Close one. Notre Dame just shell-shocked after that last one and get shocked by Navy at home. Then a Big 12 matchup. Another upset special for <coughs> Brandon. We've got Oklahoma on their bye week playing Kansas. 36 and a half point favorite are the Sooners. Oklahoma, all the way. You're not going to go upset special this one? <laughs> not no. going to pick Kansas? It was a close one. How much money, like, how much money would you have to, like, the smallest amount of money would you have to put on Kansas to go Kansas? Would it only be a cent? Because usually it's like, oh, how much money would you put on it? But obviously you're not going to put a lot on Kansas. So how low would you have to go if. I said that was the bet, and you'd be like, fine, I'm okay with that one. Zero. Zero? Zero. Not at all. Not even a penny. You wouldn't even Zero. put a penny no. on that game. Not a chance. I'm going Oklahoma as well to beat Kansas. Then we've got Kansas State, Oklahoma State, going with the Cowboys, who are 20-and-a-half-point favorites. However, the Wildcats could upset them. No, they definitely could. Kansas State uh, has been a team that's been a little up, a little down mm-hmm. this year, but I'm still going Oklahoma State. They've been a team that, for the most part, has been up this year. They've looked good. Mason Rudolph looked really good last week. Mm-hmm. I'm going Oklahoma State in the Cowboys to lasso up K-State. Then we've got two Big tw- Big Ten matchups. We're going to are three of them. Let's do them in rapid succession. We've got Purdue and Iowa. Iowa's an eight and a half point favorite. Maryland, Michigan State, Michigan State's a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. And then Nebraska-Penn State, Penn State a 26-point favorite. Who you got in these Big Ten matchups? All right, first game, I'm going to go upset. I'm going to say Purdue will get the win. Iowa only an 8-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. They're at home, but I I, I think Purdue, they've they've been a sneaky team this Mm -hmm. year, four and six, much better in the Big Ten, much improved. But I think Purdue, even without their starting quarterback, 
Purdue gets the win there. I'll give you a hint for who I'm picking. Who do you think I'm picking? You're going Iowa. Going with Iowa in the best tradition. Love, love that tradition. In college it's football. absolutely great. Maryland, Michigan State. I'm going Michigan State in that one at home against Maryland. And then I will go with the Nittany Lions as well at home against Nebraska. Um, who Nebraska's AD said that they are going to keep their head coach for the entire season. It's just mm-hmm. out of respect. you know. Yeah. That they Not going to butch Jones them, but I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to go Michigan State, Penn State. Maryland, I will say, is a dark horse. Could be an upset special. I will put them on upset alert for this one. Then we've got LSU. We've got Tennessee. I think this is an easy one. LSU, they're 16.5-point favorite. I don't think that the Butch Jones-less volunteers beat the Tigers. LSU should roll against Tennessee defense. That is pathetic. And then in our final three for this week, we've got the ACC matchup. NC State, Wake Forest. Wake Forest actually a point-and-a-half favorite. Over the Wolfpack. How about that? How about that, big guy? I know. I know. I'm going to go with NC State still. Is that technically the upset? Are we going line? Yeah, or are yeah we going? I, I think okay. we've been going line. We're right? going line. Um, we ask that every week. <laughs> well, you ask it every week. Because uh, we, we, we forget. We never remember. Uh-huh. We never write it down. But I'm going to go NC State. So if technically upset in this one if you're going based on the line, which I think we've been going yep. throughout the season, unless, of course, we weren't. Yeah, I got to go upset special. I don't think Wake Forest does it. I know Wake Forest has kind of been a tough team this year or a sneaky tough team for some teams. I don't think the Wolfpack have a problem with them. And then the last two Pac-12 games, we've got UCLA, USC. The Trojans are 16-point favorites. We got the Utah Utes and the Washington Huskies. Washington, a 17-point favorite. I'm going with both the home teams, going Trojans, going Huskies. How about yourself? Same here, going USC, going Washington. Yeah, and the one thing I want to say about this week before I end the podcast is this week kind of sucks. On paper right now, it sucks. Like, this looks like, like you said, wow, this is the week where we, like, take a bye week, see what's going on, maybe go on vacation, then we come back for the Iron Bowl and all those good games that we'll have to end the season, like the Michigan-Ohio State game. I just think this whole entire week, now that I say this, it's going to be upsets galore, but... I just I feel like it's going to be a pretty crappy week for college football with the matchups looking at it on a Monday. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think. And I just want to say something really quickly. Just noticing this on uh, the right side of uh, ESPN, Mm -hmm. uh, Jake Trotter saying Oklahoma State coach Mike Gundy, what would he would do with the college football playoff? They should have eight. If you win your conference, you're in. That's interesting. So I, I know it, so, I know it gets into a different discussion. Well, that really, really we are, quickly, we can't really have. But we're right not going to have the discussion. But that would mean just for semantics, five spots would be locked up by conference champions. You yes, have five spots locked and, by conference, and also champions. Uh, two at large berths. That's so, that's what this is so mentioning. Five, five there, two there, and then a wild card. Is that how we're looking? I. Interesting. Not quite sure, but it does bring up an interesting point. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think about the picks, about anything we talked about in the podcast today. Also, our housekeeping. Go check out Patreon.com. If you like what we're doing here, you like what we have here at MVP, you watch the videos, you subscribe, you share our videos, want to help a little bit more, Patreon.com. Backslash Most Valuable Podcast. $10 could get you on the podcast with us to talk about the topic of your choice and then also go over to iTunes. It's the easiest thing. Don't you just spend a dollar. Just give us that succulent five-star rating. Primetime Podcast, Rick and Johnny Podcast, The Onside Kick, 
the Fast Break. Give us all that five-star rating on iTunes. I want to thank you guys if you're on YouTube for watching this segment. Go and watch the other ones. I think, though, this is the first one, so you'll have to wait for those. And if you're on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, if you're on Spreaker, if you're listening to us on Alexa right now, hello, Alexa. I'm sorry if it responded to me. I want to thank you guys for either watching and or listening. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.